Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's lesson is on the Gorin race. This is part of a race overview series where we go over all the possible player races, and right now we're on the Bestiary 5 races. The Gorin, the humanoid creature's taunt green shell, extends like a cowl from chin to brow, wreathing a face of brilliant flower petals. Christian, this is our plant-based PC race. People have been wanting this for a pretty long time. It's really interesting because plant people can be represented with a lot of variation, as plants can be. And I always like a race where like one character could be entirely different from another character you have tree based ones and you have flower based ones and you have scrub based ones like the possibilities are really endless when it comes to plants yeah definitely the art they have here sort of has flower petals for face vines for hair and all the clothing is just like wood or vines wrapped around her legs uh this looks very very cool uh, i like it and like you said this is the thing where i want to i want my mind to go wild i want to look like a certain plant that i can pick that if I want to be a fungal person, I can be a fungal person. Gorons arose from plant life created by advanced druidic magic to be an especially hardy and adaptive food source for humans. Over the centuries, the plants evolved sentience and ambulatory bodies that mimicked the appearance of humanoids as a method to discourage their enemies from hunting them and improve their chances of survival. Their creators did not imbue them with the ability to create more of the Gorus seeds that give them life, so Gorons are fanatically protective of these seeds and consider destroying them the worst of crimes. Sort of has a bit of a theme that we had with the Werewoods. Yeah, I don't think it's as violent as the Wirewoods, though, because they fought back and killed them. Uh, the mm -hmm. Goros kind of just developed sentience and were like, we don't want to be eaten anymore. <laughs> yep, it makes sense. It's sort of like plant evolution that plants do and animals do. I liked it a lot. I like it a lot. And it's one paragraph instead of like the freaking like six we got for the Wirewoods, so you can have so much. But I also like the idea of the propagation. They have these seeds and they protect them. I think that's cool. Ha, evolution is real. Oh no, you, you defeated me. Take that, creationist. This mm. fantasy race. <laughs> what it, what's that mean? Atheists one, Christians zero. Your turn, Christians. <laughs> Gorons are hardy and guileful, but process thoughts slowly. They have a plus two to constitution, plus two to charisma, and minus two to their intelligence. I think that's my favorite stat spread ever. Big, happy, nice tree people, but they're dumb. <laughs> it kind of makes sense. I guess the plant wouldn't be like reciting poetry, you know? Gorons aren't just plant creatures. They are the plant-type creature, which is an actual creature type. It comes with certain abilities that I will go through right now. Lucky you. So they immediately get, just for being a plant, they possess low-light vision, immunity to all mind-affecting effects, immunity to paralysis, poison, polymorph, sleep effects, and stunning. Uh, plants breathe and eat, but do not sleep. So those are some very powerful immunities they got going on. You know, we interacted with a race earlier that had the uh, faceless sort of quality, and they absorbed energy from the sun. Why that's not here baffles me. <laughs> I want to be able to photosynthesize as a Goron. Why are you taking that away from me? Well, they might have something later that goes along with absorbing sunlight. They are medium creatures and have a base speed of 30 feet. Gorons begin play speaking Sylvan and Common. If they have a high intelligence score, they can choose any language they want except secret languages. Uh, plants aren't restricted to one area. I like the idea that they can learn any language. And them mm -hmm. starting with the language of the plants and elves, Sylvan, is perfect. Yep. All right, well, let's get into their specific traits that make them who they are. Uh, the first trait is delicious. 
Gorons take a minus two penalty on escape artist and combat maneuver checks to escape a grapple against any creature that has a bite attack with the grab ability. I like it. I would I would extend this to something more uh, with the um, engulf ability of of uh, there's like a I forget what there is, but there's some sort of armor armor enchantment that makes you harder to swallow. It's like disgusting or something because you taste bad. I figured like this would fit in perfectly with that. They've gone a step, but not a step far enough, Christian. Yeah, I feel like they're trying to balance out. Uh, I don't think they're trying to balance this race too hard, but they're giving it negatives in addition to all the powerful positives it has. And you're thinking of the bitter armor enchantment. Right, yeah. They should be sweet, and they should get all negatives instead of bonuses. Gorons have natural armor. They have tough, rugged skin, granting them a plus two natural armor bonus. Ooh, I don't think we've seen a plus two. It's a, it's a lot of armor. And of course, there's always feats that can increase your natural armor further. Gorus Seed. As a full round action, a Goron can expel its Gorus Seed from an orifice in its abdomen. If planted in fertile ground and left undisturbed for 2d6 days, the seed grows into a healthy duplicate of the original Goron, save that the duplicate can relocate all of its skill ranks upon sprouting. Once a Goron expels its seed, it gains one negative level, and it dies as soon as a duplicate sprouts. This duplicate replaces the previous Goron character. Very, very unique. Very interesting. I like this one, Christian. Another one that's great for NPCs. Interesting implications for PCs. I think, despite being very, very, very powerful, Gorons will make a very interesting RP experience. I, I love the idea of, I just want to relocate my skills. I mean, in my games before, I had players go, you know, I don't really use this. I thought I was going to use this knowledge engineering. I never do. Can I change this? And I almost always say, yeah, sure, go ahead. And there's always, like, occasions where they just want to move around a little bit. And, I, you know... I think that sometimes players just do it without asking the GM. So I'm going to move two points to perception from Swim just because I want that. I don't feel like Bob my GM. I think I can get with it. And I think this is a great opportunity to put it out in the open, make it part of the game. I like how expelling the seeds of full round action, as if you're going to be using it in combat and need to know that. <laughs> like, quick, I need to expel my, my, my abdomen seed thing. Gorons have past life knowledge. Uh, they remember memories encoded in their seeds. They treat all knowledge skills as class skills. Mm. An interesting ability to pair with them having a minus two to intelligence. And I think this is really interesting because uh, the example they give here is the bard. And I feel like, hey, I already got the bonuses to the knowledge skills I need now. Yeah, and they don't have alternate racial traits to replace it. And that's a shame because the bard is like the perfect class for a Goron. Because obviously you got that charisma modifier, that sweet, sweet charisma modifier for bards. You got a minus two penalty to intelligence. But who cares, because you get six skill points a level, you already have more than you know what to do with, and you have versatile performance, you have even more skill points. And everyone loves a plus two constitution, but there is a little bit of overlap, but I guess being 17 RP instead of 19 RP is okay. Yeah, I think it's, it's strong and it's really cool to have, because there's a billion other classes, aside from Bard, that you can be, and you can. it's great to have all these knowledge checks. It's not like you have to put a, a point in each one and, like, every Goron knows everything. You could pick as you build a character, like, what mm -hmm. they do have knowledge on. It's just that you're not restricted to any specific knowledges. Yeah. They are light-dependent. Gorons take 1d4 points of constitution damage each day. They go without exposure to sunlight. When I wanted a light-based ability, this wasn't what I meant. <laughs> well, like I said, they're trying to balance it out. Uh, mm -hmm. with interesting negatives. I think this is not only very thematic, it's a negative I don't mind having because it's so on point. Mm -hmm. And it's fair. It's not like you have four hours to get through this dungeon, otherwise you're going to die. It's a full day. I get it. Even if I'm, I'm in, we're underground for more than a day, I can take the 1d4 points of constitution damage. I think it's fair. I think it's a good balance. 
And I think it's better than delicious. Delicious, I don't think, is going to come up too often. Yeah, delicious is rather specific. But the one time it does happen in your campaign, everyone's going to remember it. Mm-hmm. Gorons have natural magic. If they have a charisma score or of 11 or higher, which they will have unless you dump charisma, you get the following spell-like abilities. Once per day, you can cast Detect Poison, Good Berry, which is specifically created from the uh, berry buds on your body, and Purify Food and Drink. Is that once per day you can cast one of those three a day? or No, each of those, each of those you can cast once. Cool, I like it. Good Berry is just a little bit of healing. It's not too much. Detect Poison makes sense if you know plants are poisonous or not poisonous to different animals. And same thing with the same logic for purified food and drink. I like it. Yo, let me run this through my root system real quick. Here you go. Have a sip. Uh, no, I'm okay. I think I'll just boil it. No, no, really. I promise. It's still good. Uh, yeah, yeah, thank you. It's purple now. That's because I have lavender. It's fine. Pro- I promise you. So what are your thoughts on the Gorin, Christian? At 19 RP, the Gorin is obviously kind of really strong. It's, it's difficult to deny that, but I think they are such an interesting and well-executed idea of a plant-type creature. Just every single one of their abilities is at least somewhat interesting, very flavorful and thematic to their plant life. It's really hard to say anything else. I really like them. I think they're incredibly interesting. And like I said, the big thing is that they will foster good RP no matter what, I feel. Mm -hmm. To me, they they just had the plant subtype or the plant type. That's all it would need for me. All this extra stuff they added was done well. And they did attempt to balance it, and I think they did a fairly good job. I would I would definitely consider if a player went to me with wanting to play this, and I already want to create one of these characters. I've wanted to create a plant creature-based PC for a while now, and they, they did a good job. Unlike the Dark Folk, I'm never letting you forget that, Paizo. This one, I've always wanted, and when I finally got it, I look at it and go, great. And I believe, take this with a grain of salt, because I can't quite remember, but I believe there's another plant creature coming out in uh, the... The Wilderness Guide, the, uh, what's it called? Ultimate Wilderness, at the time of this recording, is coming out, uh, like, I think in six months or something. And that one is going to include a new plant-based race called uh, the Vine Leshy, I believe, which is, anyone knows about leshies, they're cute little creatures. So you get a cute little plant creature. Okay. Uh, if we want to expand on plant creatures, I'm, I'm glad we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, I was going to expect a sort of... Um, fungus-based race, if there's going to be any sort of different. I thought this one sort of fit the category of plants as much as you wanted, but I guess I just want to have a small plant creature. And in, and they're going to improve on the Gorin, sort of make it official, as it were. Kind of like they did with the Advanced Race Guide, and they threw, like, oh, cat folk are now in the Advanced Race Guide, we're going to expand them more. They're going to do the same with the Gorin. So if you like these guys already, expect to get some alternate racial traits, favorite class options, archetypes, all the sort of things that come with having these guys printed in an official book that's not a bestiary. I do like the lore they presented. A lot of times I homebrew lore and kind of throw out the lore they've provided. I like this one. I'd probably keep it, most of it. I like the idea of the seeds and protecting them and that, oh my goodness, you've destroyed them. You're now like the arch villain of our society. Uh, I like that. You could probably you could probably run a whole campaign where they've stolen the – or not a whole campaign, maybe a whole side mission, side quest where uh, a Goran comes up to your party and says, I've had this, – the seat's been stolen and we're hiring you to get it back. All right, that is the Goran. Next is the Orang Pendank. I am super not interested in this. Christian, are you? Oh, the Orangutan boy? Definitely. Correct. Good. I'm glad you're going to bring some excitement to it because I really hate monkeys, as I've mentioned before. So another monkey creature. I'm sure some of you are excited. You know, I went to the zoo the other day and I saw the orangutan. I was like, wow, I can make an enthralling character. 
<laughs> if it were an anthropomorphic orangutan. Uh, I think it's also a bit of a it's a push to getting sort of Bigfoot in there. But um, <gasps> if, if anything, they are going to be interesting. So uh, look forward to that next week. Thank you all for listening. Class is dismissed. Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great RPG podcasts, visit our website, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? Email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. This is Johan Martins. Thanks for listening. Oh, hey, didn't see you there. My friend Christian and I were just playing some role-playing games. Hey, Caleb, do you think these guys would be interested in joining us? You know, I bet they would. I mean, if they listen to Pathfinder Academy, they gotta be cool, right? If role-playing games are your thing, why don't you guys check out our other podcast, Trailblazers? Trailblazers is an actual play podcast where you can see many of the concepts addressed in this show come to life. Season 2 of Trailblazers has been great so far, and I especially like that you can get into it without any prior knowledge of Season 1. It's definitely a fun adventure, especially if you like mysteries and a dash of cyberpunk with your fantasy. If high fantasy is more your style, then consider giving Season 1 a listen. You can find Trailblazers on iTunes. We've got a bunch of other ways to listen as well, so go to our site tblazer.net for a complete list of the ways that you can listen. So go ahead, grab some dice, and join us. Alright Christian, you come across an obviously important character to the plot, what do you do? I immediately shoot him in the face. Ugh, Christian... Hey Andrew, you want to play some D&D tonight? No, I, I can't, you're not real! None of this is real! 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 Mental divergence can be a tricky situation, but we here at Tales from the Lich can be your hand in the infinite darkness. When you can't play, listen. TalesfromTheLich.com